Thanks for downloading this podcast from the University of Portsmouth. Our interviews bring you some world-changing ideas and ask the big questions, because research taking place here at Portsmouth is changing the world. Around the world, communities and villages thrive within reach of active volcanoes, life-threatening natural events, and unstable weather systems. In many of these places, life has continued for generations in spite of the risks. And yet, when the events arise, the effects can be devastating. I spoke to Dr. Carmen Solana, who researches hurricanes and lava flow and helps island communities to become safer by working hand-in-hand with them on research. I'm mainly working on two strands. Mm -hmm. One is the communication aspect. And we found throughout the years that all the research that we have been doing, all the advances, weren't really translating into much for the people on the ground, the everyday life of people on villages around any islands. Carmen's work is already being applied to real-life emergency planning in the Canary Islands. Part of my new research is an effort to see how to communicate Mm. this science, make it useful for emergency plans, for schools, for just informing people better and make them understand better where they live and also react better in case of a future emergency. After growing up on the volcanic island of Tenerife, Carmen is very motivated to work with policymakers to make a difference to the lives of people on small islands just like hers. There has been a big movement and I think there is a, a big effort to have impact, real impact mm. on, on people, on policy, science to produce changes in society that yes. are going to be positive, that are going to really help people live better their lives and safer lives. And I think probably it was the nature of research and probably it's also there used to be a disconnect between science and academia and the policymakers and maybe civil protection and, and everybody were very siloed into yeah. their own uh, disciplines. There has been, I, I will say in the last 20 years, but really in the last 10, five years, th- there is a real push for all of us to collaborate together to create Mm. better results for the people. And this people-first approach seems to have brought the importance of research home. In the face of ever more dramatic weather events and changing climatic conditions, Carmen's work has been met with more support from policymakers than ever before. But how did her journey to making a difference begin? To start with, she researched volcanoes. At some point, there was an emergency in one of the volcanic islands in the island of El Hierro. And we were called, and, and I was speaking to the civil protection press officer. There is all this information, what can happen? So that was just sort of little things like, oh, think that there are lots of tourists, maybe you need to, any information needs to be done in different languages. It looks mm. absolutely obvious, but because of, it's, it is, in, in that case, it was a Spanish institution. It was very much geared towards... It the was villages, the, local news for the local locals. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And there was this fear that, of course, it could create panic and and then loss of uh, yeah. loss of revenue from tourists. But also, there was quite a lot of 
disagreements and problems between scientists and the civil protection. There weren't the information that the civil protection needed wasn't coming from the scientists. Despite disagreements to begin with, Carmen's research into volcanoes made having an advisory group in place essential. Soon, she realised that this approach could also translate to other majorly disruptive natural events. Portsmouth has been working with the island of Dominica for more than a decade. We have been sending some of our master's students and undergraduate students to do dissertations. And we have also got some good projects working yeah. there. And because of that, we understand very much of the island. And we have a PhD student that is just finishing that has been working on the perception of different hazards from school children as they progress. Mm. So it's a longitudinal study. And as they go, they're going through their education, how their perception of how vulnerable they are to different hazard changes. And he has been going for seven years to different wow. schools. So he's well known. All the yeah, teachers know yeah. him. So when uh, Hurricane Maria hit the island, we had many surveys, both physical geography of uh, the landscape and the bridges and the infrastructure and social ones. Mm. So we could make a comparison and really see how things had changed afterwards. And for example, we are indirectly advising on the reconstruction that is happening because naturally after a disaster, people just want to reconstruct very quickly. Carmen and her team had great relationships with decision makers on the island of Dominica after years of working on projects there. So when Hurricane Maria arrived, they were well placed to advise on how to build back better. Uh, so what is being built back the same and what um, is being built back better and how to encourage these more resilient structures to yeah. natural hazards and, and a better future. We're looking at the slopes, we're looking at the landscapes and, and how it has evolved, the landslides, debris flows, how all of that moved down the rivers to the sea, which areas were more damaged and why. Uh -huh. What did people understand and what do people understand now? And we found, for example, a great disconnect between what they thought happened in hurricanes. So in, in hurricanes, you of course, you have the, the very strong winds, mm. but also you have quite heavy rainfall. And that rainfall is going to saturate the slopes, it's going to produce landslides and blocks, right. it's going to also produce flooding. The wind is going to push the sea towards the coast and also the pressures on the hurricane is going to lift a bit the sea. So you're going to have a very strong, what it is called a storm surge into the coastlines. So um, while the storm surge in the case of Dominica wasn't very important, the other processes were very important. And yet talking to people around, they were saying, gosh, and we were hit by two different disasters. First, we were hit by the wind and then by the flooding, right. as if they were disconnected yes. processes, yes. <laughs> which was very interesting. They, they related um, hurricanes with very strong wind and sometimes with yeah. heavy rainfall, but they didn't make the connection of the rainfall, the landslides, the debris yeah. moving throughout the rivers, producing a lot of destruction of, or the flooding. They, they didn't connect the two things. But working so closely with communities makes it hard to remain detached from the realities of how weather events can devastate people's lives and livelihoods. Dominica was heartbreaking, just seeing the amount of destruction. I had been in there in July mm -hmm. and, uh, and the hurricane occurred in September, so three months before. 
people in Dominica are lovely, the loveliest people. And I met a lady and we exchanged WhatsApps and we were yeah. just chit-chatting, a, a really lovely lady. And suddenly she lost everything. She was in there with her son, single mom, living on a hut that had survived. And it was unlike that. It was most of the people. And you think, you know, there must be something that we can do. We can yeah. do better than, yeah. than what we have done. And it was really motivating. And even now when I'm writing proposals and you're working for hours and hours every day, you think about that and you say, this is going to finish for me. I'm in a nice warm house. <laughs> yes. You know, this is for the people that don't have this luxury. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure we can do better. So, so yeah, it's, it's a great motivation, just sort of being able to fill in that with knowledge and you can help people. Yeah. As Carmen observed, Dominican residents hadn't all related hurricanes to landslides, and so her research was able to help connect the chain of events. She told us how this gives islands like Dominica and Tenerife the onus to focus on the coastal areas that are most vulnerable. The majority of the people on islands live in the coast because it's where most of the resources are, and especially on very rugged islands, like for example the Canary Islands, Tenerife, if you see the majority of, of the populations are in coast, you have the tourism and you have the harbours and you have the fishing, you have mm. a lot of industry and resources in the coastline. So the coast is something very important to look at these sort of areas where different hazards converge and, and how to try to reduce all of that things are changing and because of that I think uh, there is a need to rethink how we do things uh, because climate change the sea level is going to raise so areas that were previously safe they're not going to be safe anymore yeah. climate change is bringing new experiences and new areas of study for scientists Carmen explained more about how this might affect all of us climate uh, scientists are showing that the numbers of, of hurricanes is not going to change, but the intensity is going to change. So right. what previously might have been a couple of tropical storms and category one hurricane. Now you might have a couple of category two hurricanes uh -huh. and, and, and one category four or five very destructive top, top category for hurricanes. So I think uh, we need to adapt to these yes. new circumstances. Of course, we want to try to reverse all the damage that is being done to the planet. But while this happens, or if yes. this happens, we need to do something about yeah, the absolutely. present. And that's one of the areas in which uh, we are working. So not only understanding better the impacts of these very large events that are going to become more frequent, but also inform better plans to build on safer areas, mm. infor infrastructure, where to place it so it doesn't get continuously destroyed, what people can do, maybe where shelters should be placed, what people must do in the future. Food for thought, but some people and some locations are further ahead in this kind of planning than others. We have a project on resilient housing for, to hurricanes. Oh, right, great. So we're looking at, uh, at how build better yes. houses um, within obviously the culture and maintaining your own identity but how how can maybe even the shape of a house can help it not to be damaged yeah. because in these islands 
against the hurricanes, they recommend these sort of brackets and nails and so on, which with Category 5 hurricanes work to an extent. I mean, I've met some expats living in Dominica that had actually invested a lot and they had all the right things on the house, on the brackets, on the anti-hurricane, mm. and the, the roof blew as part of the house as, as everybody else's. Yeah. So just talking to the architects, they were saying, well, actually, Formula Ones go at huge speeds and the cars don't fly away. Yes, yes. <laughs> there are shapes that are going to keep things down. Yes, and right. things. And I, we thought, wow, of course, yeah. we haven't yeah, thought yeah. about that. And it's, it's what we were talking, all these disciplines need to speak to each yes. other instead of being siloed because there are different things that they have that it would be really useful for all together to yeah. create a safer um, environment. So communities and researchers joining together to build a bigger picture is key in implementing safer practices. All of this has been a very long trajectory and unfortunately mm. a trajectory in which disasters created or, or, or in which lack of communication contributed to really l very large numbers of deaths opened the eyes of a lot of people saying, look, the science was in there, the hazard maps were in there, but... They didn't know. <laughs> the communities didn't know. The planners didn't know. So what's the point of all of us knowing? By us, I say, yes. all the academics yes. knowing. Yeah. If, if the, the yeah. practitioners don't, if the communities don't, being able to use yeah. it, to yeah. something practical for them, something that at some point, and that's, I always thought, you know, there is a lot of effort on all of this, but if at some point it saves one life, it's yes. all worth it, yes. isn't it? And Absolutely. hopefully many more, or helps people just live safer. It saves a lot of grief. It saves a lot of destruction. And as well as communities listening to and joining up with researchers, Carmen told us that teams of researchers working together can really make the difference in these kind of circumstances. When you go to the field, you look at all the needs that society yeah. has. And then when you come back to university and you're doing your everyday life of teaching and so on, you go to meetings, you meet different people with different specialities mm. and you just connect it. And yes. you say, actually, you know, oh, I have done this. You know, we work in Dominica and this, there are these things. Oh, really? I have worked in Brazil and they, there were similar problems, but we solved those problems in this, yes. uh, with these techniques. So, would you like to? Sh shall we try to get some funds to be able to apply those techniques into this context or for, for a different problem that is, this is a natural problem, maybe not a social problem? And uh, I, that's how science, I think, is advancing these days, this sort of collaboration, multidisciplinary and transdisciplinary collaborations that are vital to get good results. For us, it enriches everybody yeah. because of I learn every day. It's, it's a bit boring to be only the teacher. You also want to learn. <laughs> you know, you also want to uh, learn something yeah. every day. And, and mixing with people with different knowledge and expertise, yeah. it always discovers new things. But most important to Carmen and her team is making real difference in vulnerable places like Dominica. And that means building trust with the people they're working with. When we were in Dominica, I visited someone, it's, it's, it's one of the academics on the island, he's a historian, and I went to talk to him and he said, uh, you want more? We, we get people like you come every year, Right. Uh, and whatever, it's the, new, it's the new 
colonialism. Right. You come for data, extract data, leave, you, yeah. uh, you, move for, you move on in your careers and your whatever, and people in here don't gain anything. Thanks for listening to this episode of Life Solved from the University of Portsmouth. You can find out more about the work of Dr. Solana and her team, as well as our other projects, by going online to port.ac.uk forward slash research. If you want to share your thoughts on this program, you can follow us on social media using the hashtag LifeSolved. Next time. A lot more of the Apollo material than was realised may have formed because of huge energetic meteorite impacts in big melt sheets, so molten rock sitting basically on the lunar surface after an impact event. And that could have had a much bigger control on the, the geology of the Earth and Moon than we realised previously. Make sure you subscribe in your podcast app to get every episode of Life Solved automatically. And please do tell us what you think with a review and rating if you get a moment. From the team in Portsmouth, thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time.